We understand the hardship that high inflation is causing, and we remain strongly committed to bringing inflation back down to our 2% goal. Jerome Powell and his colleagues at the Federal Reserve have a North Star. 2%. 2% inflation target. 2% target. A 2% target for the U.S. inflation rate. I mean, it's more than a North Star. It's their religion, their obsession, their reason for living. They do everything possible to reach the 2% inflation target. The U.S. Federal Reserve isn't the only bank in love with the 2% target inflation rate. Canada, Australia, Japan, Sweden, Colombia, and Israel are other economies after the 2% target. It seems so much of the global economy, daily news, conversation on social media, and everyday investors' decisions are based on or about the 2% inflation target. What is so magical about a 2% inflation rate? Who says a 2% target is right? And what happens when we finally reach the 2% target? What do we, the individual investors, should know about the inflation target? Let's talk about that. I am Huda Mer, founder and CEO of Stockcard. And on this channel, most of the time, I share detailed fundamental analysis. Sometimes, like today, I tell you interesting investing-related stories. As an investor, fintech founder, and economist by training, I am fascinated by the 2% inflation rate target and all the action it brings to the stock market. The story of where the target comes from and its presumably magical power is worth our attention. From outside the Federal Reserve and in the media and the minds of the good citizens of the nation, we assume the 2% inflation target results from sophisticated financial modeling and years of experimentation by economists and statisticians over the optimal level that oils the wheels of the economy. That seems to be the right way of coming up with an important target for the world's largest economic power. But if you dig further, the 2% target is apparently a historical accident. We've heard Chairman Jerome Powell referencing Chairman Walker's heroic efforts in combating inflation and bringing the inflation rate back under control. In the 1970s, inflation was rampant in the US. When Chairman Walker took over the Federal Reserve in 1979, inflation was 11% and is still rising. He raised the interest rates to almost 20% to control it, causing a sky-high unemployment and two back-to-back -back recessions in 1980 for six months and in 1981 and 82 for more than a year. By early 1983, inflation retreated to just over 3%. Notice that the inflation wasn't 2% when the Fed felt it had managed to control it, and neither was it at the 2% level by the time Chairman Walker left the Fed in 1987. Indeed, our hero, Fed Chair Walker, 
never looked for, targeted or achieved a 2% inflation rate. There was no specific inflation target for much of the economic history globally. The Federal Reserves of the world all aimed to reach price stability until New Zealand came up with a fixed target. No other economy was focused on reaching a set inflation rate. New Zealand was the first country to come up with a fixed target in 1989. Canada, the UK, Sweden and other nations picked up the fixed target regime in the years to follow. You'd think the New Zealand government had a good reason and a study done to create a fixed target. Alas, the fixed target was born out of a television interview. In the 1980s, New Zealand was battling a high 15% inflation rate and had managed to bring it down to 10% by 1988. The country's finance minister, Rogers Douglas, was pressed during a television interview and he mentioned that he ideally wants to get to a 0-1% to target. After the television interview, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand felt it must put some credibility behind the minister's words on TV and use the opportunity to come up with a more concrete inflation-fighting plan. Their economists did some basic calculations to factor the difficulty of accurately measuring the inflation rate and introduced an official 2% target to its economy and a fixed inflation target system to the world. I couldn't make up a more ridiculous story for the origin of a global move towards a fixed inflation target than what the world's economists, finance ministers and central banks have come up with themselves. Back in the US, we know there was no specific target when Walker left the Fed. If it wasn't Walker, who did all the scientific work to come up with a 2% target? When Alan Greenspan took over Walker, he commissioned Fed economists to devise a target. At last, someone wanted to do it in the right way. But sadly, the economists charged with the task came back and said the project would be a huge computer simulation study and requires putting the US through another recession so they could test the sensitivity of the model to various interest rate and other economic factors. Of course, no Fed chairman wants to be blamed for intentionally creating a recession and the study was put on the back burner. If the economist didn't do the study, where did the 2% target in the US come from? According to the transcript of an FOMC meeting in 1996, Chairman Greenspan, a Fed official named Janet Yellen, yes, the same Janet, the Treasury Secretary now, and other officials were discussing a target. Greenspan wanted to reach some level of price stability where price increases don't impact businesses and households' decisions. 
Yellen insisted on putting a number on that stable price level. They discussed that measuring inflation accurately is hard, but moving towards a 2% inflation target seemed good and they will get a sense of the economy as things pan out. Oh, and voila, my fellow investors, the US's 2% target was born. Initially, the 2% target was more like a yardstick for the Fed's effort until 2012, when Chairman Bernanke officially announced it as our nation's inflation target. This is not to say that Chairman Greenspan, Janet Yellen, and other Fed officials and economists didn't know the implications of putting an arbitrary target for the inflation rate. It speaks more about the complexity and the distance between economic theories and the real world. That makes you wonder why all the fuss about the 2% target and why the Fed is still trying to reach the target if this is a made-up number without concrete evidence that reaching it will have the desired effect on the economy. I want to wrap up by imagining the day we hit the 2% target and see what would happen then. What magical chest of gems will we open when we get there? But before wrapping up, let's pause for a second and think about the implications of what we just discussed for individual investors like you and me. There is so much nonsense and noise in the world. Even the Fed, which is charged with maintaining the price and employment stability of our economy, makes decisions based on made-up numbers and looks to get a sense from the economy by moving towards the target. The individual companies we all invest in won't be immune to the same behavior. CEOs and leaders of companies that we all know operate in an imperfect world too. Financial analysts who come up with earnings and revenue targets and forecasts for these companies are also operating in a world of made-up numbers and noise. Plans may pan out or may not pan out as fast as we want, and companies may not reach the target numbers financial analysts or even themselves put in for the next quarter or year. It makes you wonder why we make so much fuss about companies hitting or missing targets and forecasts. They are as nonsense and baseless as the inflation target. Worrying about the stock prices today or whether the company managed to hit the analyst target or its own forecast isn't as important. It's nonsense. In the end, measuring the company's overall strength and growth potential matter more than hitting some arbitrary target each quarter. That's the primary reason my team and I built a stock card. We built it to enable anyone with any level of financial knowledge to start fundamental investing without the market's noise and nonsense. Take a moment now, 
go to stockcard.io and look up your favorite stock or ETF to start your journey in making confident, fundamental investment decisions instead of worrying about earnings forecasts and targets. I leave a link in the show notes or simply type stockcard.io in your browser. Back to the inflation rate target and what can happen when we reach the elusive 2% level. The short answer is nothing will happen when we hit the 2% inflation rate. This is not a password to some sort of economic growth that suddenly gets unlocked at 2%. The long answer is that in an ideal situation, when we hit the 2% inflation target, there will be a psychological effect. Managing inflation is all about signaling to the consumers that they can save and buy without worrying about losing their purchasing power in the future and to the businesses that they can invest in producing their goods and services and benefit from reasonable growth in the future. It is a subtle psychological balance when consumers and businesses feel good about today and the future alike. So it isn't the 2% itself that matters, it's the implication of hitting that target that matters most. The 2% level seems to be some sort of a sweet spot. Hitting a 2% level is low enough for consumers' mindset, but relaxed enough for the economy to grow. It is also possible that we never actually hit the 2% sharp. For years, inflation hovered above or below the 2% target, and the Fed focused on the average 2% level instead of hitting the actual 2%. In other words, in an ideal world, once we hit the 2% rate or somewhere in its vicinity, the topic of inflation rate will drop out of public's immediate attention and no one will worry about it anymore. Not worrying about inflation is the best outcome we can hope for when we hit the target. If you found this episode interesting and insightful, let me know by liking, commenting, and subscribing so I know that you'd like me to share more interesting investing-related stories like this in the future. See you next time.